Hey, it's me, Overreactor. I owe you guys a big apology. Apparently, I made a little boo-boo whenever I went to upload last week's episode and didn't hit, like, publish <laughs> when I scheduled it. So, um, sorry about that. I will, I will make it up to you by giving you either a really long episode right now or two episodes this week. I'll just see how long it is and piece it together or do them separately. But thank you for being patient with me and uh hope you're having a good summer. Let's get right into it. Okay, let's go to the WFTDA rulebook in section 4.2. This is regarding game structure penalties. When the basic rules of the game are violated in a manner that would give a team an advantage, the individual or team who violates the rule should be penalized. A team gains advantage if an illegal act results in an opponent becoming or remaining unable to block, a gain of position or a teammate's gain of position, or the game flow being altered. Let's look at the casebook scenario for section 4.2. Okay, there are no casebook scenarios associated with 4.2 itself, so let's move on to 4.2.1. This is regarding illegal positioning. Since all blockers are unable to block when a pack cannot be defined, if a skater's illegal action destroys the pack, or if a skater's actions prevent or delay the reformation of a pack, that skater should be penalized. It is illegal to adopt or maintain a position in which one cannot be blocked. Skaters may not intentionally leave the track, nor may blockers intentionally leave the engagement zone. While there are many legal actions that would cause a skater to be put into an illegal position, for example, out of bounds or out of play, intentionally adopting such a position should be penalized. It is legal for jammers and pivots to leave the track to retrieve an out-of-bounds helmet cover. A skater who is illegally positioned must immediately act to regain a legal position. If a skater has reason to believe that they are legally positioned even though they are not, or has reason to believe that they cannot legally return to a legal position, they must be warned before being assessed a penalty for failing to return to a legal position. If a skater is not legally positioned at the start of a jam, the skater should immediately yield position to everybody in the vicinity. Failing to do so after a warning is considered to be intentionally maintaining an illegal position and should be penalized accordingly. Now let's go to the casebook. Okay, there are quite a few scenarios associated with this all the way to letter L. So let's just start at letter A in 4.2.1. This is regarding illegal positioning. When a pack cannot be defined, all blockers are unable to block. Scenario C4.2.1.A. Red pivot is the only red blocker on the track. White pivot forces red pivot out of bounds. The outcome. Officials declare a no-pack situation. No penalty. Rationale. The destruction of the pack occurred as a result of normal gameplay. It should not be considered an illegal pack destruction. Scenario C4.2.B. Red pivot is the only red blocker on the track. 
Red Pivot attempts to block White Jammer as they pass. Red Pivot misses and ends up out of bounds. The outcome. Officials declare a no-pack situation. No penalty. Rationale. The destruction of the pack occurred as a result of normal gameplay. It should not be considered an illegal pack destruction. Scenario C4.2.1.C. Red Pivot is the only red blocker on the track. Red Pivot intentionally skates out of bounds. The outcome. Officials declare a no-pack situation. Red Pivot is instructed to remain on the track and is penalized. The rationale. Red Pivot's illegal action, stepping out of bounds, destroyed the pack. Red Pivot is the final remaining red blocker and must remain on the track so that a pack can be formed. Scenario C4.2.1.D Red Pivot is the only red blocker on the track and is being blocked by White Pivot and White Blocker. White Pivot forces Red Pivot out of bounds and officials declare a no-pack situation. White Pivot and White Blocker immediately skate ahead of Red Pivot, who is now behind all other blockers. Red Pivot still does not return to the track. As a result, the pack is unable to be reformed. The Outcome Red Pivot is penalized and instructed to return and remain on the track until another Red Blocker returns to the pack. The Rationale Red Pivot was able to legally re-enter the track once all other blockers were ahead of them. Red Pivot is not required to return to the track until they can legally do so and is not required to skate clockwise in order to find a legal re-entry point. In this scenario, however, Red Pivot had a legal opportunity because all other blockers were ahead of them. Further, Red Pivot did not heed the warning from officials and thus should be penalized for preventing a pack from reforming. As Red Pivot is the final remaining red blocker, they must remain on the track so that a pack can be formed. Keep in mind, if White Pivot or White Blocker had not skated forward, one or both of them would have been penalized instead of Red Pivot for preventing a pack from reforming by forcing the only opposing blocker to remain out of bounds. Scenario C4.2.1.E Red Pivot is skating 9 feet, or 2.74 meters, behind the white blockers and 9 feet, or 2.74 meters, ahead of the other red blockers. Their knee pad slips down their leg and is no longer protecting their knee. Red Pivot takes themselves off the track in order to adjust their equipment, creating a no-pack situation. The Outcome Officials declare a no-pack situation. No penalty. The rationale. Although Red Pivot's actions directly caused a no-pack situation, it was in order to resolve the safety issue. Skaters should not be penalized for rectifying a safety issue. Scenario C4.2.1.F. White Jammer removes their helmet cover and attempts to hand it to White Pivot. During this process, the star falls, touching out of bounds. White Jammer leaves the track to retrieve the helmet cover. The outcome. No penalty. The rationale. The jammer and pivot may leave the track of their own accord to retrieve a helmet cover that has fallen at least partially out of bounds. Not allowing them to do so would leave them unable to recover the helmet cover. <laughs> recover the helmet cover. That was fun to say. Scenario C4.2.1.G. White jammer attempts an apex jump and 
fails to land in bounds. They land fully out of bounds and enter behind all blockers and continue to skate. The outcome, no penalty. White Jammer did not intend to remove themselves from gameplay. Keep in mind, should White Jammer successfully make the apex jump but still remove themselves due to the belief that they did not complete it successfully, no penalty would be applicable. Scenario C4.2.1.H White Jammer is calling off the jam. They skate out of bounds during the jam ending whistle. The outcome, no penalty. The rationale, skating out of bounds during the four whistles of a jam call off does not allow a skater to score additional points nor gain a meaningful advantage over any other skater. Scenario C 4.2.1.I Immediately after the jam starting whistle, all red blockers remain stationary. All white blockers skate counterclockwise, resulting in more than 10 feet, or a 3.05 meters, between any white blocker and red pivot. The outcome. Officials declare a no-pack situation. No penalty. Officials assess penalties for failing to reform a pack as warranted. Rationale. Destroying the pack, penalties are issued when skaters illegally create a no-pack situation. For a penalty to be issued... One team or skater must be clearly at fault for the pack's destruction. Usually, this will be the team or skater who changes their speed from the established speed of the pack. In this scenario, neither team's speed has changed. Red team remained stationary while white team skated counterclockwise when the jam started. As there has been no speed change, neither team is clearly at fault for the pack's destruction. No penalty is warranted. Keep in mind, the same principle would apply if the white team skated clockwise at the start of the jam. Scenario C4.2.1.J White blockers form a four-person wall, blocking red jammer at the rear of the pack when no pack is declared. One white blocker skates forward to reform the pack but does not do so for several seconds. The remaining three white blockers continue to actively block Red Jammer, before the pack is declared reformed. The outcome. One of the white blockers who was actively blocking Red Jammer should be penalized. The rationale. All blockers are obligated to attempt to reform the pack, not just those who choose to do so. Continued blocking during a no-pack situation is considered a failure to attempt to reform the pack. Keep in mind... If the pack had been reformed immediately, no penalty should be issued. Also keep in mind, if all the white blockers had been accelerating in an attempt to reform the pack, no penalty should be issued even if they did so while maintaining their wall and holding the red jammer back. Scenario C4.2.1.K Red jammer passes all members of the pack except for white pivot, who forces Red Jammer out of bounds to the outside of the track. While Red Jammer is out of bounds, the pack skates counterclockwise ahead of Red Jammer. Red Jammer takes several strides while out of bounds counterclockwise to maintain their position ahead of the pack and behind White Pivot before returning in bounds. The outcome, Red Jammer is penalized. The rationale. Skaters are not allowed to accelerate or maintain speed while out of bounds unless they are doing so to hasten their return to the track or entry to the penalty box. Keep in mind, 
Accelerating or maintaining speed while out of bounds in the clockwise direction should not be penalized as it does not allow the out-of-bounds skater to maintain their position relative to inbounds skaters. And finally, scenario C4.2.1.L. Red blocker is serving a penalty in the penalty box. Once their time completes, they are informed by the penalty box official with the proper verbal cue, but red blocker remains within the designated penalty box area. The penalty box official notices and warns red blocker to return to play. Red blocker acknowledges the warning but remains in the penalty box area. The outcome? Red blocker is penalized. The rationale. By remaining in the penalty box beyond their allotted penalty time, a skater maintains an unblockable position. The skater's maintained position also interferes with normal penalty box operation. See scenario C4.2.4.F. Keep in mind, if a skater has been warned multiple times within the course of a game but returns to play after each warning, the skater should receive a penalty. By repeatedly requiring a warning for the same action, the skater is continually interfering with normal penalty box operation. Keep in mind, skaters who maintain their position in or near the penalty box momentarily due to safety reasons, for example, waiting for an outside pack referee to pass before they return to play should not be warned or penalized. Okay, that's everything we have for scenarios uh, 4.2.1. Thank you so much, and I hope you guys have a great week.